I'm Kev Jackson. Welcome to ChatPod, the Chat About Podcast. My guest today, we're going to call him Dr. Dave most of the day, but it's Dr. Dave Fogno Fushi, uh, an MD at Sanford Health. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So we were going to talk primarily about bariatric surgery uh, for um, weight loss. Um, but before we get into that specifically, Dr. Dave, talk a little bit about um, um, the concerns about too much weight. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as many people know, in the United States, um, obesity, particularly morbid obesity, is a big issue uh, today. Um, on average, BMI, which is body mass index, has been increasing over the last 50 years. A lot of that's related to our lifestyles, lack of exercise, and uh, increasingly caloric um, intake through the foods we eat that are readily available on our grocery shelves. Um, some people are able to manage it better than others, and um, bariatric surgery, or what's known as weight loss surgery, has been shown over the last several decades to be the most effective way to help with um, reducing excess weight. Now, why do we want to reduce excess weight? Well, it's not necessarily about getting ready for bikini season. This is really, <laughs> um, you know, focusing on improving your health for the long term. Um, there's a lot of what we refer to as comorbid conditions that are affected by excess weight, uh, things like high blood pressure, diabetes, sleep apnea, um, cholesterol. All of these are, um, you know, related to carrying excess weight. Other things people might not think about is um, hip pain, knee pain, back pain. Um, all of these are conditions that can be improved with um, weight loss. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, you know, philosophically, being active, eating the right foods all the time, you know, that whole litany, that's really, that's the ideal way to maintain weight and, and stay healthy. Absolutely. Um, physical activity and healthy eating is definitely going to be the cornerstone. However, um, what we've seen is that for some people, their bodies, um, what we call homeostasis, set point weight, is higher than it probably should be. And um, we've been doing a lot of research about it over the past you know, many years, and we don't have a good explanation for why some people, their body just wants or needs to be a higher weight. Um, it's related to hormones. It's related to that connection between what we call like the brain and the gut nervous system. And um, what we've found is that through uh, weight loss surgery or in the medical field, bariatric surgery and metabolic surgery, um, we found that we can start to reset that, um, that connection with, uh, with weight. And essentially people who have been overweight their entire adult lives are able to basically get a, a, a new set point at a lower weight um, and lose what we call the excess weight that they're carrying. So, Dr. Dave, let's talk a little bit about bariatric surgery available here at uh, Sanford in Bemidji. What is it exactly? So there are a few different options um, when people refer to bariatric and metabolic surgery. Um, when a patient comes in to meet me, I usually go over all of the options that are available. Um, here in Sanford, uh, we focus on two main surgeries. One is called the gastric sleeve and the other is called the gastric bypass. 
Um, we're performing these surgeries uh, robotically assisted with um, laparoscopic instruments. Um, and that's just a kind of fancy way of saying we're doing it minimally invasive with small incisions um, and the use of a laparoscope, which is a, a instrument that has a camera and a light at the end. We inflate the belly with gas so that we can operate inside the abdomen without having to do a big open incision. Okay. Um, the Again, there, there are other aspects to, to controlling weight. Um, so who gets bariatric surgery or who should consider it? Great question. So um, the uh, societies that regulate um, us as surgeons have given um, recommendations since the 90s um, that are based on body mass index. And that's uh, a way of calculating it based on your height and weight only. So it's kind of a crude number um, and it doesn't necessarily take into account things like um, muscle mass and skeletal mass and those types of things. But um, we have seen that body mass index is related to increasing risk of morbidity and mortality over the long term. So when we look at those numbers that are quoted, um, those are the those are what we're looking for, and that's basically what the insurance companies are going to use on whether they'll approve the surgery. So uh, the cutoff for the last, say, about 30 years has been 40 BMI for um, patient to undergo bariatric surgery without any um, comorbid conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, um, and 35 or higher with one of those comorbid conditions. Just in the last couple of years, they have revisited those guidelines and actually lowered them. So there are a little bit of nitty-gritty details that we don't need to get into on the <laughs> show, but essentially they've cut back down to 35 without comorbidities and 30 with the comorbidities. Okay. All that being said, just because those are the recommendations from the societies doesn't mean that every insurance company has adopted those new recommendations. So it is important that if you're interested in bariatric surgery, that you look at your insurance policy, call your insurance uh, coordinator and find out what specific requirements they will have. The good news is most insurance companies do cover bariatric surgery um, because they've done the numbers and they know that it'll save them money in the long run to get you healthier. Right, right. So what do you find? Um, is, is it mainly, you know, patients coming in saying, I got to do something. I've tried everything. Or is it doctors saying you got to do something? I think um, the biggest first step is the patient kind of self-reflecting. And a lot of patients that we see have struggled maybe since childhood or maybe after their second or third child and they never lost the baby weight. And they've tried Jenny Craig. They've tried uh, different diet programs. They've tried exercising intensely, um, limiting portions, keto everything under the sun and still haven't been successful. Sometimes we're even seeing patients who um, may be on some of these newer uh, weight loss medications that you'll probably hear about like Ozempic and Wigovi, and even then not as successful as they maybe want to be. Um, the important thing to remember is it's not a failure on your part and it's not something to be ashamed of. There truly is a, um, a change in your hormones and in your sensation of hunger um, that is affecting your weight 
And the best way to kind of reset that is, uh, has been shown to be bariatric surgery. With Dr. Dave from Sanford Health, uh, before we get back into bariatric surgery, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, how you made your way to Bemidji, Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in Connecticut, so... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, pretty far away from here. Definitely more of a suburban area, about an hour from New York City. Um, I did my general surgery training in Cleveland, Ohio, and then I specialized in metabolic and bariatric surgery in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, one of the things that excited me about Bemidji was certainly uh, the, the summer atmosphere when I came up here <laughs> to visit. Um, but, you know, Sanford's really investing a lot in this program. They want it to be a resource for the community, um, not only me, myself, but another surgeon that they've hired full time, Dr. Jonitas, who's been here for about a year before I started. Um, we're rapidly growing the program. We're expanding as quickly as we can. And we know that this is a resource that the, the community wants and needs. And um, we're definitely here and want, want it to be known that we're here and ready to help. How long have you been in Bemidji now? I moved here in uh, mid-October of 2023. So, oh. yeah, a few months. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, I know it's been a mild winter, everyone's been telling me, but I was actually looking forward to getting out on the ice, doing some cross-country skiing, and it just hasn't been the year for it. You'll have your opportunities. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get back to the conversation. Um, you, you mentioned about the outset, but let, let's, let's kind of dive into the details on on what's going on in 21st century America that is causing really uh, a majority of people, I believe, if I read the stats correctly, to be above the BMI number that they should be at. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, again, we've, we mentioned briefly that BMI is kind of a crude statistic. Mm -hmm. So I don't want anybody, you know, plugging their numbers into a BMI calculator online and, you know, um, being worried about what they see because it, it truly doesn't take into account anything aside from just height and weight. Uh, it's a formula that's that's really rather crude. But of course, um, when we're looking at overall populations, we can see trends. And what we've seen is that above a BMI of 30, we see an increased risk of um, other conditions such as diabetes, high blood pressure, and um, heart disease. All of these things contribute to poorer overall health, increased um, healthcare expenses, and um, ultimately uh, a shorter life expectancy. So um, the reason we talk about bariatric and our metabolic surgery is it's not truly just about weight loss. Um, one of the things um, that we've seen with both the procedures that we offer here in uh, Sanford, the sleeve and the gastric bypass, is patients who are diabetic and insulin dependent are able to either decrease their insulin requirement or even sometimes come off all of their diabetes medications completely. And anyone who's struggling with diabetes as well as weight should certainly be um, aware of the option for weight loss surgery. Um, diabetes comes with a number of complications, uh, damage to the kidneys, damage to the um, blood vessels in the eyes. Um, including uh, risk of ulcers in the, in the feet and legs. Um, everybody probably knows someone who has dealt with diabetes their whole life and str really struggled with it. Um, what we found is that weight loss surgery is one of the most effective ways to actually treat diabetes. Mm, okay. Um, I, I think it's interesting you mentioned the BMI number, and it is a crude number. 
Um, and I was just reading something, and, and it, that might, which makes perfect sense. You know, a uh, uh, state-of-the-art athlete with a ton of muscle is going to be way over what his BM, his or her BMI number should be based on that, you know, crude that, measurement. That's exactly right. So, I mean, you could probably look at the uh, the height and weight statistics for the Minnesota Vikings, and every person on that team probably has a BMI above 30. Mm-hmm. Certainly not all of them are um, what we would call obese. So uh, just because your number is higher doesn't mean necessarily that you would want to pursue bariatric or metabolic surgery. Yeah, and, and, and then take that same weight that on a guy like me who works in a chair eight to 10 hours a day, that, that weight's going to look a lot different on me. And that's really <laughs> the big thing is a lot of us, even I myself have a pretty much, um, you know, uh, immobile job, you know, when I'm in the operating room or even in the office, sometimes I'm up on my feet. But for the most part, the American way of life is very much uh, stationary. So, um, you know, obviously we want to emphasize diet and exercise. And um, the good news is that we do have a comprehensive weight loss and management program. So it's not just about rushing you in the door and getting you to the operating room. Um, Most insurance companies actually require between three and six months of visits, um, which would include a behavioral therapist to assess you for any, um, you know, uh, mental or behavioral challenges that you might have that might be contributing to excess weight, um, as well as a nutritional therapist that you'll meet with at least monthly to go over how we can be tracking our diet and uh, increasing our mobility and all of these things. All right. So we have gotten, we've talked about getting to the table, having the surgery. Um, it's not done there though. There's stuff to come afterwards, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a lot of work that goes into getting you to the operating room, but then that's when the real work begins. Um, I think many people would be surprised to know that with the way we're doing the surgery today in 2024, um, like I said earlier on the show, it's minimally invasive. We're making a few small incisions that are about a centimeter to a centimeter and a half wide. You're not going to be laid up in bed for weeks afterwards. You're that night of surgery. You are walking in the hallway at the hospital. You, unless there's, you know, some unanticipated reason to keep you in the hospital, most of our patients are going home the day after surgery. They're up, they're moving. Um, you're going to start seeing weight loss really in the first two to three weeks after the surgery. And you're going to be surprised at how uh, quickly um, you're able to get back on your feet and, and really change your life in a positive way. Okay. Um, you know, we, we look at the convenience factor when it comes to food. And I know that's got to be a huge factor, not just on the portions you get when you order food in, but the ingredients used, et cetera, et cetera. I think we all know um, there's a big difference between what you prepare from, say, your garden or even from the grocery store produce and, and meat uh, service then when, when you order something that's convenient. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that's where the nutritional education really comes in handy is that um, we work with our patients to really emphasize healthy choices, portion control. Um, and, you know, really the, the big effect after the surgery, aside from just the surgery itself, is those hormonal changes, the reduction in some of the hormones that um, increase your sensation of hunger or uh, decrease your sensation of fullness. Those are all going to be kind of reset at a new kind of lower set point. 
Um, so you're going to feel less hungry. You're going to be able to eat less and feel full for longer. You're going to be educated on how to make healthy choices. And really, this is for your long-term health. Um, and we encourage people to um, you know, reach out at really any adult age. No, I mean, you're not too young to consider weight loss surgery um, if you've been struggling with your weight. Okay. Um, you mentioned at the outset couple of options. So tell me the, the options again, um, what the differences are and why one would be pref preferable to another. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the two most common uh, metabolic bariatric surgeries that are being offered in the United States today, one is called the laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy and the other one is called the gastric bypass or the ruined Y. Uh, the sleeve um, is Sometimes people refer to it as less invasive. It's realistically, it's the same level of invasiveness in terms of surgery. However, um, there's a big difference in terms of what is actually being done. Um, in the sleeve, we're actually removing a portion of the stomach, about 70 to 80% of the stomach, and, and converting the stomach's shape into more of a tube. Um, and that removes a portion of stomach called the fundus, which creates ghrelin, the hunger hormone. It makes the stomach physically smaller so you get full faster. But we're not doing any uh, what we call malabsorptive portion in this procedure. So it's really just a restrictive procedure and then that metabolic effect. Okay. Um, so that's actually the most common procedure done today in the United States for a number of reasons. Sometimes patients request it. Um, like I said earlier, some people think of it as less invasive or easier to adapt to. Um, the weight loss that we would expect, um, it's important to explain the concept of percentage of excess weight loss or EWL. That's something that if you are enrolled in a bariatric program, you might hear this term. Um, the way I always explain it to my patients is if your ideal body weight was, say, 200 pounds and your current body weight was 300 pounds, you would have 100 pounds of excess weight. So then the percentage of that weight that you lose is the percentage of EWL. So if you lost 50 pounds of that 100, you would have lost 50% of your excess weight. Okay. With the gastric sleeve, we're seeing on average at two years for all patients in the United States between 55 and 65% of excess weight loss. With the gastric bypass, which um, does not involve removing any portion of the stomach, it just involves rerouting the flow of what you eat and the digestive enzymes within your belly. It's a little complex to explain on the radio show. In the office, we have mm. diagrams and pictures to kind of show what we're doing. But the bottom line is with the gastric bypass, there's both a restrictive and a malabsorptive component where you're actually bypassing portions of the intestine so that some of what you do eat is uh, not being really absorbed. Um, and that increases the percentage of excess weight loss by about 10 to 15%. So we're seeing more on the end of 60 to 75% of excess weight loss. Have there been studies done to see, based on the surgery results and behaviors afterwards, a success rate of, of these surgeries taking and holding beyond? Yeah, so um, those percentages of excess weight loss that I was citing earlier, that's kind of what we're referring to when we talk about success. So okay. um, at two years after surgery, two years, people okay. um, in either 
uh, surgery, whether it's the sleeve or the bypass, that are losing that much weight, that's an average. So certainly people are losing in excess, and certainly there are people who don't necessarily meet that goal. Um, that can be for a number of reasons, but the biggest thing is, you know, the dietary and the exercise changes and the motivation to keep up the, the hard work, um, you know, for the months and years after the surgery. Okay. Um, so again, for those who are interested listening, saying, oh, I think this is what I need to try, next steps. So um, your next step would be to reach out to your primary care provider. If you have a Sanford provider, they can actually put in a referral directly to us. If you don't have a Sanford provider, they should still be able to get in touch with our office, um, and then we'd be happy to see you. Okay. Um, anything else we should know before we wrap it up today? Um, just that, you know, I'm new to the community, but I'm happy to be here. And uh, Sanford has obviously been around for a long time. And mm -hmm. this is a, a relatively new program that you may not be aware of. So if it's something that you've never really thought of and you have questions, um, you're not, you know, signing yourself up for surgery just to <laughs> walk in the door and, and say hi. So uh, we're always here. We have availabilities um, as soon as next week. Okay, he's Dr. Dave, Dr. Dave Fogno-Fushi, uh, MD, a surgeon at Sanford Health, here to talk about bariatric surgery. Dr. Dave, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. It was great. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining us today on ChatPod, the Chatabout podcast.